everyone. I'm Patty Murphy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the OnSI podcast. As this year concludes, we want to offer our most sincere thanks to Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, the owners of Tom Crimmins Realty and the co-chairs of our board of directors. With their continued support, we're able to share Staten Island stories each and every month. Tom Crimmins Realty is an independent, family-run business that knows how important it is to foster strong, community-minded neighborhoods. To that end, if you have a positive or uplifting story you would like us to share here, let our team know about it. Email us at stories at onsi.nyc. Now, on with this month's show. On this episode of the OnSI podcast, a special look back at the year that was. Leading off with renewed calls to remain vigilant and calm despite a late surge in COVID-19 cases. This year, the borough weathered the ongoing pandemic with small, albeit important, victories all along the way. And while some welcomed signs of normalcy returned, 2021 was full of challenges locals had to overcome. Plus, even during the toughest of times, so many Staten Islanders remained committed to their hometown. As we look ahead, how the island's strong community spirit may once again play a pivotal role as we learn to live with COVID in 2022 and beyond. Hello. I'm your host, Patty Murphy. We begin this month with the spike in COVID-19 cases that arrived just in time for the holiday season. Officials are urging vigilance, but also heralding local vaccination rates that may help keep Staten Islanders safe as they spend time with loved ones. That tops our island hopping segment on SI's take of noteworthy local and positive things you need to know this month. OnSI's Joe Malvezio shares more. The COVID-19 variant Omicron had a Grinch-like arrival ahead of the Christmas holiday. City officials are stressing caution, but also optimism that vaccinated individuals will help keep hospitals from being overwhelmed while allowing families to enjoy holiday gatherings. As the year ends, the focus for Staten Islanders has shifted to testing to help minimize chances of spreading the virus. Booster shots have also been recommended for adults who want added protection. The Staten Island Ferry Fleet was expanded in 2021 for the first time in decades as the Department of Transportation launched the Staff Sergeant Michael H. Allis vessel in St. George. The 4,500-passenger ship is named for Michael H. Allis of Newdorp, who was killed in Afghanistan, saving the life of a fellow soldier in 2013. The ferry boat is one of three new state-of-the-art ships ordered during the de Blasio administration since 2014. The borough is gearing up for the arrival of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks next year. The minor league baseball club replaces the Staten Island Yankees who closed up shop in 2020. The Ferry Hawks will play ball at the Richmond County Bank Ballpark in April. The team's logo features the Staten Island Ferry and the Verrazano Bridge. Team merchandise is available online at ferryhawks.com. 
Locals gathered at the Staten in West Brighton for the Back the Blue fundraiser, organized in part by Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, the owners of Tom Crimmins Realty and the co-chairs of Honest Eyes Board of Directors. The event raised thousands of dollars to help support the NYPD Widows and Orphans Fund and help collect toys for those in need. The event honored Jerry Ike, a 20-year veteran of the NYPD who later served the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office in New Jersey. Ike died earlier this year at 57 after battling a COVID-19-related illness. Tom Crimmins thanked supporters who helped raise funds, saying, quote, It's amazing when the community pulls together for a great cause. The lingering pandemic tested the mettle of Staten Islanders in 2021. In a year where uncertainty seemed to be the only certainty, signs of normalcy were welcomed, even if they came with their own unique challenges to overcome. Joining me again is Honest Eyes' Joe Malvasio to discuss some of the stories that left a lasting impact. Hi, Joe. Hi, Patty. Great to speak with you today. I'm excited to recap this year. It was quite a roller coaster. You know, Patty, at the start of the year, we really came in with a very promising outlook. The vaccines were being rolled out, and it seemed like we were about to turn a corner. And I think throughout the year, we've had certain signs of normalcy come back. You know, the first stop I wanted to make on sort of revisiting this year was like turning it back to the January interview we had with Father Jack Stoller in Mariners Harbor about how they were really starting the year off as problem solvers and finding ways to adapt. And it's great that you bring that up. I love that example because when a religious institution is able to pivot the way that they did by sharing services virtually, you know, you think of religious institutions as these very stoic, traditional organizations that aren't easily turned to something that's more modern like that, but they really embraced the opportunity. I had conversations, we had conversations about me going house to house to celebrate mass. I thought about trying just to visit people. I try, but the reality was, is the the sickness was so new, I could actually make things worse if I had gotten it. I didn't, I haven't gotten the disease, uh, God's providence and, and a little bit of luck. If I, if I go to every house, good spiritually, but I could, I could literally infect my whole parish. So in the end, the only open door was the virtual one. And I had to figure out on my own, just my comfort level with being on camera or recorded is not as important as being able to reach people. Springboarding off of that positive note from Father Jack, in March of 2021, I was able to catch up with Allison Cohen of the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. They were doing phenomenal work helping to get the vaccine to Staten Islanders, especially the elderly. Do you recall that interview, Joe? Yes, and Allison really capitalized on the JCC's platform Mm -hmm. that they are a community hub. And one of the points that I think she made so well is that they were working with the governor's office, Mm -hmm. again, a Democrat, and working with the borough president's office, a local Republican, that regardless of political affiliation or age or religion, they were there to help. And I think that community spirit that we heard from her was 
what made us so optimistic that even in this divided time, there are people that were willing to pull together to get things done, like, like the vaccinations. So this all kind of came about when we saw early this year a need in our community for more of a centralized vaccine appointment system because it was very hard for people, especially seniors, to get vaccine appointments. A lot of appointments were online. Um, it was hard for people with disabilities to access vaccine appointments. So this is kind of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. These are the groups of people we deal with. So we realized that it was really on us to jump in and help these people make the appointments. Joe, with the vaccines being disseminated around this time, there was a lot of optimism, I remember, about getting back into restaurants and public spaces, just being able to gather again and not having to be so concerned about social distancing or maybe even wearing masks. And that's when we caught up with James McBratney, the owner of Jimmy Max Pizzeria in Westerly. And we also spoke to Jennifer Sammartino, who helped found Visit Staten Island. They were pushing a campaign to get tourism back to the borough. And it just seemed like there was a light at the end of the tunnel going into the summer. I think, too, when you look at it, the weather was starting to turn and it was starting to be nice out. And I think that optimism, you heard it in uh, McBratney's voice. And he was starting to sound like we were hearing when we were out and about that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It started to sound a little bit past tense, like how are we gonna act going forward? It was starting to be a more of a forward thinking time. I'm really looking forward to a busy bar with the Yankees playing in the seventh game of the World Series and everybody is like glued to the TV and you know, emotions are running so high on every pitch, every ball, every strike, every hit, every out. You know, it was, we were closed for the Super Bowl this year. The indoor dining was canceled through February 12th. So the Super Bowl came and went without having, you know, anybody in the place. So I am looking forward to a, a bustling bar scene again. Someone that I really enjoyed speaking to this year was Christine Garlisi of the Nicotra Group about the rooftop farm that they had in the works for years before the pandemic, but that was coming to fruition right around this time. And it included very forward thinking elements like being able to work outside and having you know, a, a rooftop farm in this corporate commons park on Staten Island. And she was able to take all of these really valuable lessons learned from the pandemic and put them into practice in almost real time as we were living through this new normal. That's what I loved about that interview, because what I didn't want to hear from workplaces and from leaders out there was let's go back to the way everything was. Mm -hmm. I think if you did not learn something from the pandemic, you really missed the point. So there were certain things we learned, like how you can work remotely, how you can maybe not commute to the office every single day of the week, or maybe you don't need to be tied to a cubicle. Mm -hmm. And I think what the Nicotras did at the corporate park were take the best aspects of the pandemic, if you could even call that, right? Like the the things we learned that were positives and implemented it into their new facility. And I think that's why it was so inspiring to hear her words. 
you know, as we look towards a post-pandemic work life, a lot of the features that we planned five or six years ago at the inception of this building and, and dreaming about the building uh, seem more meaningful now and prescient that, um, you know, that the new coaches incorporated so much outdoor workspace and the rooftop is part of the outdoor workspace. So it's a hybrid space. It's an event space. It's a workspace. We're going to have classes up there for the community, 40,000 square feet of rooftop farm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there are outdoor working stations, outdoor working pods at the rooftop and also located around the property. There are trails around the property. There's overscale art. There's an outdoor classroom. We have EV chargers for electric cars. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, this is what's next in work. Towards the end of the summer, the Delta variant emerged. And this is right as people were planning going back to school. The 20th anniversary of 9-11 was coming up and so many community events were planned. And even as we moved into the fall, you know, we had the October Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk where ultimately 8,000 people did show up at Father Capitano Boulevard to support that fundraiser. So we learned, I think, that we can live with COVID-19 at that time. Yeah, I think at that point, you know, Delta started to be troubling. Mm -hmm. It seemed like something that could potentially derail efforts. Like it was the first time, because in July, we were, we were putting away our masks. It mm -hmm. felt like we were done. And, and as that Delta variant emerged, it did start to seem like, huh, we better find a way to manage this crisis on our own because we did not want to go back to mandates and forced closures and lockdowns and missed doctor's appointments and everything else that went along with the worst parts of the pandemic. And when we started to hear that events could happen, maybe they were smaller. Mm -hmm. Maybe they involved uh, having to be tested before you went. Um, maybe they were more outdoors than we would typically do. Um, I feel like it showed that we were able to all pivot. We were able to say, yeah, we're going to have to live with this a little bit longer. And I think the breast cancer walk really showed how you have a very vulnerable population. Breast cancer survivors are there and how we can adapt and still get it done and still raise money for charitable causes that are, are very important with or without a pandemic. Yeah, the American Cancer Society representative, C.C. Akuri, made it very clear that they were extremely prudent with their event planning, but they put precautions in place and everyone met each other where they were at and were able to be respectful and, you know, do something bigger than themselves by getting together and supporting a really important cause just with a few tweaks to the traditional event. This year, I have to tell you that the event was amazing. I was a little nervous because of course with COVID, we didn't know what things were gonna look like exactly or what to expect. But I think that many of our supporters were super excited to get back out to Midland Beach and to proudly wear their pink attire. Um, so early on, we communicated with everyone that the walk was happening. We were moving full steam ahead. 
um, and that we were going to make sure we made it as COVID safe as possible by having precautions in place to protect health and safety of all of our participants. One of the most prominent milestones that I think of when I think of 2021 is that 20th anniversary of 9-11. And on this podcast, we were able to catch up with Linda Manfredi, the co-founder of the Mafio Foundation. And she gave a very clear picture of the evolution of the foundation and all of the good that came from such a horrific event. I think also what we heard, we talk a lot about how Hurricane Sandy and 9-11 were times that Staten Island was tested and that resiliency really came through. And I think at the intersection of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 happening during a pandemic that seemed to be creeping back, uh, it was an interesting juxtaposition because, again, the same people who showed resiliency after 9-11, they were stepping up again to show that regardless of the headwinds they may face, they're going to continue their mission. And in, in the case of the Mafio Foundation, you know, another great cause that really gives back to the community every single day. Keeping their memory alive is so important so that we never have to repeat this again. I know that our youth need to have positive role models. And if that's something that this foundation can afford them and they can be part of it on any level, then the impact that we've wanted far exceeds the mission. It allows the legacy of those lost on 9-11 to be remembered and hopefully to build our young children to become those future heroes. For those who don't know, we're recording this episode the week of Christmas, and it's wild because we just spoke to Gary Fleming, the president of the South Shore Bid, at the end of last month about the excitement around doing the Annadale tree lighting and getting together and celebrating the holidays a little bit more like we did before the pandemic, and now we have the COVID-19 variant taking over. My Christmas Eve celebration that was planned actually on Staten Island in Tottenville has been canceled. Um, three of my family members found out they had tested positive for COVID. All of them have, were vaccinated. One of them was boosted. Where we are right now, we're in that unknown phase. But I think the key and why everyone is saying that we should remain calm is this is not March of 2020. Mm -hmm. We have a highly vaccinated population here on Staten Island, in the city, in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. And if we do have a variant that does come out and it rages through the population, the positive or the optimism that we have at this point is that it's not going to be a situation where many people are forced to be hospitalized, that many people will be critically sick that this will present itself more like a cold. But again, I'm not a doctor. I have, you know, I'm just basing this off of what I'm seeing in front of me as, as we speak. And that's sort of going to be, I think, how we have to look at 2022. I mean, I, if you asked me last year, Patty, whether or not this was ending in 2021, I would have said yes. I, I would have never guessed that in the end of this year, we'd be looking at 2022 that we're going to do this again, or that we're going to have to learn to live with this. But 
here we are. You mentioned March of 2020, and I, re- I was remembering how scared I felt at that time. But now, looking back and highlighting all those lessons learned and seeing how everybody on Staten Island reacted to the pandemic, I don't have that fear anymore. I have faith that people are going to be able to figure it out. People are going to be able to learn to live with this, that we're going to be able to be smarter, better, wiser in the future. And I think that anybody we spoke to, if we had them on again, would share that sort of sentiment that they've embraced the adversity and made the best of it. And we'll continue to do that because that's what Staten Islanders have always done. A hundred percent true. And I have no doubt that the folks we spoke with are prepared to make the best out of whatever is thrown at them. And I think it is going to test everybody mentally. Mm-hmm. I think there is a resilience factor here. There is a prolonged drain that it's causing, but that's when that community spirit does kick in. And I think that's where this shared experience and the shared hardship, it matters that we're all in it together. Yeah, that COVID fatigue is real, but it's not something that I think is going to hinder us. I think it's going to make us think better about things going forward because we want, I think we all want out of this. (laughs) Yes. And the last time we spoke with Tom and Suzanne Crimmins, who are our funders and co-chairs of our board of directors, one of the reasons they wanted to have us launch the local hero of the month segment was we really wanted to start taking stories and putting out people throughout this year that are doing great things in the community, despite COVID, that they continue to do things that make a difference. And one of the positives that I got out of listening to the local heroes of the month this year is that not all of them were COVID related. You know, we can live with the ongoing pandemic, but still live our lives. And I think that's what was so great about the segment that they wanted to bring out and why I think, you know, 2022, I, I hope I can continue to listen to the local heroes of the month and really draw inspiration from them. We take um, this podcast and the Staten Island community very serious, very, very serious. And we're just not picking names off of a hat. Um, When myself, my wife um, and yourself get together um, and discuss it, we're really, really, really reaching for somebody who's powerful and somebody who really, really has their heart in the right place and, and, and deserve is deserving of it. So we have some nice ideas and nice surprises and there's so many to choose from. So when, you know, it, it's, there's some tough decisions, but we have a lot of nice ideas going forward. I think the, 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 um, the followers of this podcast will be very, very um, pleasantly surprised and happy with our choices. Yeah. Credit to Tom and Suzanne Crimmins for spearheading that effort and for taking it so seriously and giving it so much time and attention and being very mindful of who they're nominating for the local hero of the month. It's 
the most refreshing conversation that I have every month. And I'm so happy that we're able to create a historical record of these people on this podcast, along with all the other stories that we are capturing on SI. And finally, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, so many Staten Islanders remain committed to their hometown. As we conclude this 2021 year in review, we all hope to lean heavily on the island's strong community we captured here on this podcast and hope it can play an outsized role as we learn to live with COVID-19 in 2022 and beyond. On behalf of the entire team, a sincere thank you to all of the Staten Islanders who took time to take part in our podcast. Please check out our website at onsi.nyc and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We feature stories that matter to locals. If you have one you'd like to share, email it to us at stories at onsi.nyc. Happy New Year to everyone. Until 2022, be well.